According to Fox, according to Fox, 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 Fox. Hello, everybody. Welcome to another episode of According to Fox. I'm your host, A Fox. Y'all know what this month is. This month is November. So this is our show anniversary month. Remember, well, you guys who've been listening for the past four years, I started this show on my 34th birthday, November 13th, 2019. So it's about to be four years in total. I know it's four seasons, but you know, that's just how it works. Um, And y'all know my birthday is next week, so not really celebrating like I normally do because, you know, my father's death date anniversary is a couple days after my birthday. So I'm not really in the mood to really celebrate, but yeah, I know how I get about November. So November's here and here goes our episode before the next season, I want to say. So season five is coming up. So it's our last episode of season four and let's get right into it. First things first, I want to say rest in peace to the man, the one, the only, Richard Roundtree, a.k.a. Shaft. He died October 24th, and he was 81. He still looked fine. That man was fine his whole life, I swear to God. Um, He was 81, and he died of pancreatic cancer. They said it was a short battle. I was so sad. I swear some people aren't supposed to die. And I'm a firm believer in that. I don't know why. It's just, well, I know why. Because their legacy has been so, has such an imprint on us and and the culture that it's like they're immortal. And I would have never thought in a million years Rich Roundtree's going to die. Man's 81 years old. I don't know why I was so shocked. But, and he's been really like acting for such a long time. And so many generations know who he is. So, like, Shaft came out in the 70s. That's my mom's generation. And I know him from Shaft, of course, but he was on a different world. He was Kim Reese's dad. I know him from there. And now the younger kids know him from that show, um, The Family uh, the family Vacation Show, I think it's called, with um, Tia Mori and Loretta Devine. So he's well, he's been acting for a very long time. Shaft is just one of his many roles, but he's definitely been someone that the black community has looked up to for literally decades. And it's sad that he's gone. A bad mother shut your mouth. Like that's what he is from the day he's became became Shaft and the day he died, he was a bad mother shut your mouth. And I just want to give Mr. Richard Roundtree his flowers He was amazing. He was an incredible actor. I thank you for being one of our first black heroes. And black exploitation flicks get a lot of like a bad rap for being in like bad movies. Like people think cinematically is not the best, but he was our like Black Panther. He was like our hero, hero before we had anybody. And I want to express how amazing he was. And I want to thank him from the beyond, wherever he is. Thank you for being such a prolific part of our culture. And you'll be greatly missed. In other news, Matthew Perry 
aka Chandler from Friends, also passed away. He passed away October 28th. He was found drowned in a tub. They don't think it was any foul play, but he did struggle with substance abuse throughout his career, even while he was on Friends. And that was sad for me because I love me some Chandler Bing. Like, that's my favorite character on Friends. The sarcasm, the comedy, the he was just like the best to me. Everybody has their own special friend, but I feel like everybody, I feel like 85% of the people who love Friends love Chandler. 85%. Like, you can't hate Chandler. Um, He did have a lot of demons. Like I said, he struggled with of substance abuse for most of his life, most of his career. Maybe I should say that instead of that. Um, but he was loved. His funeral was on Friday. I guess they kept it hush-hush. It wasn't like a big Hollywood funeral at all. His family came out. He didn't have a wife. He didn't have kids. So his fortune, I don't know who all that goes to. Maybe he has a will and inheritance because he made a lot of money on Friends towards the last like five years. I think they were all making a million an episode and they had like a record, not a record, but they had some kind of deal where it was like when it goes into syndication, all the friends get $20 million annually. Friends has been over since 2004. So that's pretty much 20 years they've been getting $20 million. So I just want to say rest in peace to Matthew Perry, AKA Chandler Bing, you know, he was the best. Love that guy. Next. So, I don't know if you guys ever heard of him. Keith Lee is a Vegas MMA fighter who decided that he wanted to, like, help himself. He has, like, bad social anxiety. If you watch his videos, you can see that talking is not something that he really likes to do. But this is something that's just going to help him socially. He decides to be like a foodie, like a food critic. Like, I went to the restaurant and I liked it. And you guys should go too. And he tells the truth. And he's he's so gracious. He says, God bless you and all this other things. Like, he's very religious. You can tell he's very spiritual. He doesn't curse. And he pays for all his food. He tips well, things like that. Keith Lee has gone to Atlanta. Now, if you guys don't know, Atlanta has the worst customer service when it comes to restaurants. The worst. I... The only time I enjoyed an Atlanta restaurant was when me and my mom went down. When I moved down there, my mother came for my birthday. And we went to Old Lady Gang and we saw Todd. And they weren't, like, really open yet. But we told Todd he's from the Bronx. And he's like, oh, that's what's up, you know, because he's from there, too. We said we were going to come back later on that night. And we did. We came back. The menu wasn't as eclectic as I thought it would be, but the food was still good. Like, I had lamb chops and mashed potatoes. Food was really good to me. And my mom had, like, shrimp and grits. And then Ty came. He got me a margarita on the house because it was my birthday. And then he spoke to us for, like, 20, 25 minutes. So I had a really good time there. And that was, like, the best customer service I received the entire four months I was in Atlanta. So they're known for having like these big eventful brunches that you got to get dressed up for and seating is a disaster and you got to wait two hours. Stuff that New York does not do. If it's a brunch spot that's making you wait for two hours in New York, there's another one across the street. I went to a brunch spot and it was taking too long to serve me and I left and I went right across the street to Row House and I got fed. So 
we don't have to worry about these things over here. Well, Keith Lee goes there and he does this thing where he brings his family in to get food because he doesn't want special treatment because now people know who he, knows who he is. So he, he three restaurants, I want to say, including Old Lady Gang. They were like, no, the wait is two hours and we have these rules. Did you know they have house list rules or something in Atlanta restaurants? I've never heard of that before. Like, I, there is a rule for like what y'all do. And it was a restaurant called The Real Milk and Honey. And their house rules were outlandish. Like, it was, we don't serve parties of five or more because we're a small restaurant and it's just too overwhelming. And then it also said there's going to be um, extra 20% gratuity on parties that have five or more, like stuff like that. Oh, 90 minute wait time. You can't, what they called it parking. I forgot, but it was so many rules to these restaurants and the food don't be that good. And the walls always got grass walls and neon lights and y'all be charging the arm and leg for the worst service. And like, they wouldn't do Uber Eats. They wouldn't do DoorDash. They wouldn't do a myriad of things. So when Keith Lee decided, okay, my family went to Old Lady Gang. They said two hours. I'm going to go inside. He goes inside. Oh, we have a table for you in five minutes. His number one line is, I'm a regular person just like everybody else. If my family had to wait two hours who just came in two minutes ago, why do I get a table in five minutes? And he said he would only take the food if the two girls that was ahead of him for takeout, would one was seated and one was getting a food. Like, because it was people that was waiting for an hour, an hour and a half. The fact that you're waiting for an hour, an hour and a half for takeout is outrageous. Like, I love how he shined that light on Atlanta and let y'all know y'all customer service shit is trash. It sucks. The other big cities do not do things like this. We don't. And we're and New York is a bigger city than Atlanta. Eight million people in New York City. We're not dealing with that. It's not going to be, a, oh, you have to do this, you have to do that. If you give us too many rules, you're going to be out of business. We want the food to be good. The ambiance is cool. But if the food ain't good, we don't give a fuck in New York. We do not care. Atlanta, everything got to be Instagrammable. The aesthetic got to be this. But how was your food? If I got to wait this amount of, month, amount of time for food, I'm never coming back. So I want I want to thank him for shining that light. And then there was somebody from Atlanta saying, well, this is how Atlanta is. Y'all are the ones who are being disserviced. Let's be very clear. We don't live there. We don't have to deal with that shit. That's what y'all have to deal with every Sunday when y'all want to brunch. There are a million brunch spots in New York. A million. I could say I don't want to go here today, and there's one right there. There's one across the street. There's one out. We can go to brunch any goddamn way if we feel like it. This is a disservice to y'all. This is something that's going to help y'all out since y'all live there, and y'all want to claim this is regular. This is not regular. This is not normal. Nobody else has a list of rules for their customers but Atlanta. So shout out to Keith Lee for shining the light on that trash industry, which is Atlanta customer service and Atlanta restaurants. Trash. Okay? Thank you, sir. When you come to New York, I got some spots for you. You'll love them, and you're going to eat. 
because every review he had, about three of them, he couldn't eat that little baby restaurant because they didn't change the shellfish oil and seafood oil. He didn't eat at Milk and Honey, and he didn't eat at Old Lady Gang. So he had no frame of reference for how much his food is because it was two-hour fucking waits everywhere. Ridiculous. Ridiculous. But as we're on the topic of restaurants, y'all know how every other month, us black folk gotta have a debate about dating and who should pay what and what should happen to this. And I keep telling people, if you date people that like you, none of this is a problem. If you date people and find out what they're into and what they like to do or what they what kind of person they are, you would never run into this problem. Y'all gotta stop dealing with people who y'all don't know, who y'all don't understand how their income works. Y'all have to stop. So there was a list that some women cooked up about where they won't go on a date. I'm not going to lie to you. Out of the 28 things on this list, I would probably go to eight. They not, they not off. It's not off for me. So it was like, all right. First off, Cheesecake Factory has been getting dealt a bad hand with this whole conversation. Everybody keeps shitting on Cheesecake Factory. I'm here to tell everybody. I love me some Cheesecake Factory. I will always love Cheesecake Factory. The options. It's a 16-page menu. There's always something for you to eat. What is your problem with Cheesecake Factory? I love it. I'm sorry. I will never slam the Cheesecake Factory. They got Applebee's. I'm I'm not an Applebee's girl no more. Like, especially on a date, they got a dollar margaritas. I don't know how that night's gonna end if everybody around us is drinking dollar margaritas. It's not my cup of tea. I don't like chilies. I don't like Chipotle. Olive Garden fell off, but back in the early 2000s, your girl's first dates was at the Olive Garden. Yes, they were. I'd get me some calamari, some fried ravioli. Absolutely. But now, to me, it just fell off, so it's blah. The movies. Since when is the movies a bad place to go on a date? It's the movies. Like, I know y'all want to talk and shit, but the movies? What the fuck is wrong? What is the problem? I go to movies, I get curly fries. There's movies where you could, the dining. I love the dining. You could get food, you could get margaritas. What is the problem with the movies? Whoever wrote this is not from the city. They're from somewhere where you have to, like, drive 70 miles to see a neighbor. Um, your house. I'm definitely not going to no nigga's house. That's a fact. Not going to that nigga's house. No. Any fast food chain. When we was in high school, yeah. My grown ass is not meeting up with you at McDonald's, King. I'm not. I'm totally not. Um, Buffalo Wild Wings. Hate Buffalo Wild Wings. Wingstop. Hate Wingstop. Red Lobster. We too good for Red Lobster? Is what you telling me? You telling me we too good for Red Lobster now. Our ultimate feast is like $60. I'm 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 just saying. And it's good. It's like it's a lot of lobsters, a lot of crab legs. We too good for the red lobsters? That's I mean, you could take me to red lobsters. I'm just here to tell y'all. Them biscuits, them shrimp, man, people have forgot where they came from. A buffet. I don't fuck with buffets only because after COVID, it's like a lot of things just look weird after COVID. Like now we just standing in line over food that niggas breathed on and now I'm supposed to eat it after you done 
touched it with this. Now nah, I'm good. I'll, I'm good on buffet. But that's like COVID shit. Before COVID, I was fucking with buffet. Um, I hop. I, I don't think I do. I hop on a date. If the date is going well and we talk all night and now I'm hungry in the morning, maybe we could do IHOP. But that can't be like, yo, let's go to IHOP. I don't think I want that. Nah. Denny's. Never been to Denny's, but I heard that it's very racist. So that's a dub. The gym. Why the fuck would you take me to the gym on the date? If that ain't the most offensive thing I've ever heard in all my life, the gym. Y'all do gym dates? But I also feel like that depends on the person. If the girl is a gym rat and he's a gym rat, that's kind of cool for them. But know your audience. If you take me to Planet Fitness or Blink, talking about some we on a date, I'm I'm thinking you calling me fat and now I got to beat you up. And this is what's going to happen. So no, no gym for me. Church. I go to Bedside Baptist. I don't think anybody's first date should be at church. And I'm only saying that. I'm only saying that because you know what kind of girl or what kind of man that is to be going to church. What if they ain't got no church clothes? And now he in church looking like little baby or she in church looking like sexy red. Nobody wants that. Nobody wants that. I definitely don't think you should take somebody to church on a first date because you do not know this person well enough to know how they are with God. No, just don't do that. Now they either talking or offering. It's just bad. All right, then you got Starbucks. I don't think Starbucks is a date. I think so. And I don't like coffee like that. So I don't I wouldn't think Starbucks is like a date date for us. We could meet up at Starbucks or be like, oh, I work over here, you work over here, there's a Starbucks over here, and we could just go over here. Maybe, maybe I could see that happening, but I'm not really like a coffee girl. And coffee dates. I don't drink coffee, so that wouldn't work for me. Family functions. Why the hell is anybody meeting your family at on the first date? Why? You know how long it takes somebody to meet my family? A good year or two. And you gotta meet my fake family first. You gotta meet my best friend's family before you meet my actual, actual family. Cause they my actual family, because I look like them too. But guess what? You ain't gonna meet my real family until you get past them. And it's a gang of them on that side. It's a, it's a gang of India and China's family. Man, please, y'all can't get past that. Next one, movie night. Movie night, Netflix and Hulu means at his house, at my house. Um, you're not coming to my house on the first date. I don't fucking know who you are. No, that's a dub. Somewhere that requires a long drive. I don't drive. And I've been on dates that require long drives. Like when he would drive to like Jersey or something. And I've had the time of my life. So I don't agree with that one either. Um, bowling. I don't bowl because I lose. I would go bowling though, but I don't like losing. So I choose not to bowl. But if he's like, oh, we going bowling, I'm going to be very upset because I'm a sore loser. And if I'm not good at something, I don't fucking do it. Um, but it's not bad to do. Nightclubs. I'm not going to club with you on a date. No, absolutely not. Not doing that. Hookah bar. I don't smoke hookah. But there are some women who love hookah. That'll be a good shot for them. You know what I'm saying? Like, for me, now, nah. A bar for just drinks. I don't just drink anymore. I don't drink no more. So, there's nothing for me. Waffle House. I fucking hate Waffle House. With the fire of a thousand suns. I hate it there. They never get your order right. All the food costs $6. It can't be good. It can't be okay for you. It can't be nutritious. And there's always a fight in there. And mind you, I'm from New York. But when I go down there, I avoid the Waffle House like the plague. 
the last one is a sporting event. You can take me to any game. You could take me to a Nets game. You could take me to a Knicks game. I don't know about football games, but I'll go. I'm just saying, I just, drunk white people make me nervous. But I'm fine with a sporting event. Like, they bugging. They're bugging. I think this list is wild. I do think it's a wild. Even though I won't go to most of these places, it's a wild list because I think it all determines who the person is that you're dating. Some women would love the things on this list. I'm not some women. You know what I'm saying? It's probably a, a good amount of things. But the whole list is a dub for me. I also want us to break apart and break away from this trend of we're not doing this and we don't date these people and this and the third because y'all don't date nobody that y'all like. This is what happens. A guy would be like, sliding your DM, so what's up? Some women be like, ooh, look, a free meal. I don't care if the meal's free. If I'm not going to enjoy your company, I'm not going to date you. If I don't like you, I'm not going to date you. I'm not going to make myself want to date you. That's just not how I'm going to do it. It's not going to work for me. If I like you, if we vibing, and if it's like, all right, you know, we can link up, we can meet up, the second, the third. I've already explained to you what I like. We've already had the conversation on the do's and don'ts and what I want to do and places I'm into and things I'm into. So it shouldn't be, if if you take me to Cheesecake Factory, I'm totally okay with that. I had an ex who knew every time I was mad at him, all he got to do is take me to Cheesecake Factory. That's it. And I'd be ready in 10 goddamn minutes. Whether I was talking to him or not, 10 goddamn minutes. It all depends on who you are with. And y'all have to start dating people that fuck with you. Start dating people that like you and stop creating think pieces on why we're still single and we're still this and why. Just date the people that you have something in common with. Get to know them. Get to see how they, you have to see how they think. You have to understand how they think and why their mentality is the way that it is. And then if you like them, if you still continue, you're like, oh, well, I like where his head is at. I like how he moved. All right, we can link up. Then link up. You can date anybody. But just date the people you like, and none of this will happen to you. So let me tell you about the hope that Nelly and Ashanti are giving people everywhere. I used to be a block spinner all the time. Circle that block the minute I the minute I popped after, <laughs> after I popped from one relationship, I'm circling the block and going right back to the same house. Like that used to be me too. But they they took 10 years to spin back around. You know what I'm saying? And Nelly's birthday just passed, and he had this big old party, um, like a G.I. Joe theme, which is fire. And Ashanti, first off, she looked amazing. It had to be a, a Mugler dress that she had on. Amazing. All right? Her body is ridiculous. Body goals for, for days. She bought that man the 64 Impala he'd been rapping about for a good 20 years now. And he started to cry. Like... The every time you see pictures of them too, they are 
happy, happy. Like the Ashanti song, happy. Like, I don't even remember them being this happy when they were together 10 years ago. You know what I'm saying? And it's a beautiful thing. And I hate how everybody's trying to rush it. Like, okay, where's the ring now, Maria? Who do you? Who said that was what she wanted anyway? Like, you don't know what people want. Ashanti is 43 years old now. She looked the same way she did 20 years ago. And I wasn't an Ashanti fan. I really wasn't. I don't hate Ashanti, but I just feel like, I think her music is fire, but I just don't be like, oh, turn up that Ashanti. That's just not for me. But she does have some shit, you know what I'm saying? And she's done so well for herself that she could buy this man, a 64 Impala, with all the bells and whistles that he wants. And the happiness that was on his face, the happiness that was on her face. A lot of people don't understand because I know a lot of people are very selfish. But when you buy somebody that you love something that you know they love, it's your gift too. Like you feel it. Like you love seeing their face light up. You love, it's amazing, right? It's an amazing feeling to give them something that causes that kind of like joy and emotion within them. So, to see him that happy made her that happy. And I swear it made us that happy. And I'm not like a relationship goal girl. Like, oh, these these celebrities, that's my relationship goals. But Nelly and Ashanti, they look amazing together. They look happy together. I'm actually happy for them. If they're going to get married, great. If they're not, great. Whatever floats they boat, it does not make my ship sail. Whatever works for them is what happens is what matters but i just love i love black love i think that's why i'm really like so excited when i see them because that black love is a beautiful thing and it's something about it it's something about it but it makes you feel like all fuzzy inside like oh it could happen for me too you know and like i said ashanti 43 nelly just turned 49 he about to be 50. love is love no matter what age it is when you get it love is still love you know what i'm saying so I'm, I'm glad they found their way back to each other. I really am. Because they putting us on the roller coaster ride, child. But um, shout out to them. She really did her, her, her big one for his birthday. And I'm just happy that, you know, like I said, they found themselves back with each other. Nellian had a couple of women in between. I'm sure Ashanti had a couple of dudes, but she was never, like, really vocal about it. It was never like, oh, she's definitely with this dude. But just that versus battle man it was either the versus battle or irv Gotti's fuck boy shit because he started talking about them too and then the versus battle pops up and then nelly went across that stage to get his hug and it's been them ever since so shout out to them too i really hope this lasts and this works out for them um megan knee stallion the stallion right she just released a new song called cobra and she said it's like shedding the dead skin of you know all of her past and everything that she's been through in the past couple of years first off again body goals like her body's stupid i don't understand i really maybe i need to see me a doctor i don't know i think ashanti's is natural i'm not sure i almost think megan's is a little natural too but either way body is bodying Body, yaddy, 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 yaddy. Right? So, the song, just like in regular Megan the Stallion fashion, very short, right? So, she has, like, her, show, her songs are never really that, like, long. So, 
on Cobra, she she has a lot of things to say, but then she says something, and it seems like it's about party, partisan Fontaine, her ex boyfriend that we love, and I love partisan Fontaine. I truly do. I think he's the handsomest thing. He's and he has a nose ring. The only other nigga who could ever pull off a nose ring in my eyes is Tupac Shakur, and partisan Fontaine is pulling off a nose ring, and he does not make me feel unsafe about it. Well, party and her was like in major love, and he stood behind her through the whole thing, and they were wearing each other name chains. And Meg had a a bar where she said, "Pulled up, caught him cheating, getting his dick sucked in the same spot I'm sleeping." And I'm like, "Party, no, like, like, <laughs> like no, party, like he was just he seemed to be so perfect. Like this is why I don't say celebrity goals." is my goals but he seemed to be so perfect like i was like party no not party and um it, it took me aback but she said other things she said um how she's trying to kill her she's trying to kill herself but everybody's dying to be her like she was in a really rough place through all of this and it's like she she's speaking on everything almost everything she went through on that song and well, Party has a girlfriend now. Her name is, um, she's a Jamaican dancehall artist named Jada Kingdom. I don't know her music, but I'm, I'm hearing she's pretty popular. She insists that she's not the girl that Party got caught in the bed with. And then Party posted a picture of Future. And I'm like, Party! Like, it just does not seem like him. Why would you post Future? And everybody knows Future is just like, ridiculous and futures is saying cold world cold world but future is not the nigga you post when you are being accused of cheating on your girlfriend that is literally the worst person to post and then he follows it up with a tristan thompson picture so it gotta be true it gotta be true i i want to know who it was do we know who it was i don't know but either way it's a good song. I enjoy the song. Um, I hope she has a new album coming out because I know she's taking a lot of time for her mental health. She went through a lot. And I hope this new single is like a precursor to an album coming up. But shout out to Meg, girl. Shout out to you. I'm sorry that that happened to you. Because I was, we was rooting for y'all. We was rooting for you a party so bad. But I understand. If you, you done caught him cheating, caught him cheating. That's crazy. So all the best to her. If she has a new album coming out, I will definitely let y'all know as soon as I find out. But yeah, shout out to Megan the Stallion. So the NBA in tournament was season inter. What's it called? The in season tournament has begun. I just want to first say that this is the dumbest shit I ever heard of in my life. Right. So it's a tournament that apparently is like a whole. It's a part of the season, but it has its own trophy. And I don't know why the NBA is doing all this extra shit when all we want to do is watch the players play. The problem with the NBA is load management. The problem with the NBA is the fact that it's James Harden has been on four teams this year, four teams in four years. And now he's on the Clippers where Kawhi barely plays, where Paul George barely plays. Don't they have John Wall too? Who 
Who the hell else is on the Clippers? Who else? No, I think John Wall's on the thing. So it's, no, it's Russell Westbrook on the Clippers, right? These niggas don't play every game. I can't, I can't tell you how many games Kawhi Leonard's played. And I remember back in the 2000s when Allen Iverson missed practice, but would play 48 minutes a game. And he got fined for missing practice, but he showed up to the game and bust his ass every night. These niggas ain't even going to the game. And now y'all want a new tournament, an in-season tournament. It's ridiculous. So with this tournament, they they match up against each other. Eventually, somebody knocks somebody out. You know, the final four teams go to Vegas on December 7th, and then they win a trophy. Is it the fucking NBA championship trophy? No. I don't know what trophy this is. But Adam Silver, you doing far too much and not enough at the same time. The one good thing, the one good news I got about the NBA is they are bringing back East and West for the All-Star game. And that's what we need in the first place. We did not need niggas playing pickup games of basketball for All-Star game. We need East versus West. We like that. We need that rivalry thing going. I don't know who told y'all, hey, pick this person pick that person they'll be captain and they'll do that's stupid it you should do what y'all always done the votes we're voting for lebron we're voting for Giannis. we're voting for dame we're voting for Kyrie. we're voting like the votes that other shit is stupid it's just stupid so thankfully we're going back to our roots with the east versus west absolutely but this in-season tournament shit is trash it's trash and it's like we're just like adding new accolades for these players and for what they barely go to work why are we doing it i'm not a fan i don't like it um i think they can do much more than just that to me to me i just like i guess they're trying to raise viewership but it's other things you can do this is not raising viewership this is causing confusion and i definitely have i want no parts of it i don't care about this just and the fact that it adds to the season is crazy so like if somebody loses in this it's 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 in the l column it's just i don't know i don't understand what what their vision is i don't see what they're trying to see I also don't want to see what they're trying to see because this doesn't make any sense. But, yeah, NBA's back, though. The NBA season has begun. I am happy about that. Um, my DraftKings account is happy about that. And, yeah, let's get it going. I was staying away from this topic for two reasons. One, it was such a while back because I was still sick when this happened that I felt like it's too late to discuss it. And two, I didn't want to give this any more extra like shine or camera time. But Erica Mena recently did an interview 
with Carlos King about, you know, her disparaging comments about Spice on Love and Hip Hop. And I said I was going to speak on it on Facebook. I did. I said one one day I'm going to speak on it. And now, being that she kind of revitalized the conversation, I want to talk about it today. So, when it comes to the fetishization of black men, right? There are women of pretty much every culture who want to have sex with black men. They do. It is, it's a thing for a reason. A lot of these black men are okay with being fetishes. I'm not saying that, that you shouldn't love who you love, but a lot of these men are okay with being fetishized by these women. Um, Erica Mena is one of these women. So, and it's like, oh, she's Puerto Rican, she's Dominican, she's a second and third. If you don't identify as a black person, if you've never identified as a black person, I don't, it doesn't matter to me if you're Puerto Rican or Dominican. It does not mean you're black. There are Afro-Latinas. There definitely are Afro-Latin people. But if you've never identified as that, I will not think you're black because there's Spaniards, there's white ones, just like there are black ones, right? So I believe her oldest son is Puerto Rican, though. I believe his dad is Puerto Rican. He's from Terror Squad. But the her younger two was from Safari. You know, Nicki Minaj's ex, the Bruck Up King. All I know is he does the Bruck Up. I don't know nothing else that Safari does because he does not rap. So... She has a conflict with I with Spice, who was like the one of the biggest artists that came out of Jamaica. And Spice says, and people, everybody's excuse was she talked about her child. She did not talk about her child. She didn't call her child any kind of name. She didn't call her child ugly. She didn't say nothing about or against her child. She spoke about her motherhood. And she said, your son doesn't like you. That has nothing to do with talking about her child. And that's a lot of people's problems. She said something about her son. She said her son don't like her. And if you go back with all of the issues that Erica's had with people, there was an instance when she talked crazy about Stevie J's kids and she talked about them kids. She called them Baby's kids. If you've seen the movie, Baby's kids are not a good breed of kids. And Stevie said, now if I talk about your son, it's going to be a problem. And he still ain't saying nothing about her son. He just said, if I talk about your son, it's going to be a problem. And she threatened also, oh, if something happened to that nigga, it was me. That's one instance where she showed her true colors right there. Second one was um, when she was all the way back in the day when she was dealing with Rich Dollars. And Rich had a whole conversation with how he basically put his friendship with Olivia on the line just to fuck with Erica. And he's hearing things like she's hitting her kid. He said it very loud and clear that she's hitting her kid, right? It's another thing. Your motherhood has been questioned for quite some time. Quite some time. And it was always somehow you never showed that little boy. And I know as teenagers, kids don't want to be on like camera like that. But he wasn't always a teenager. And you never showed that little boy. But from the beginning, we've seen Safari children. From the jump, we know exactly what them kids look like. And we barely see your son. 
And I promise you, when somebody tells me the truth about myself is when I get upset. If I'm walking down the block and niggas like, hey, big head, I'm cursing him out. Because why? I keep having this conversation with y'all. If my head is big and I know my head is big, why are you telling me? <laughs> I said it on the last episode. Hit dogs are going to holler every time. So for you to flip a table and stop calling people monkeys and blue monkeys and you hope they died on the table when they said, your son don't like you, shows that she wasn't lying. Because let's be clear. Somebody can tell my mother your daughter don't like you and she'll just laugh in their face because she know it ain't true. Most of you parents, when your kids like you, you'll know. And you know, good and well, nobody can tell you your kids don't like you, your kids don't fuck with you. You're not going to respond like that. You're not going to be on attack mode like that. My problem with her attack mode was out of everything to say, you could have called her blue anything. You could have called her a blue whale. You could have called her a blue this. You could have called her anything. A blueberry. You could have called her a blue Jolly Rancher. You said monkey. And you said it about two or three times. You went straight to monkey. And I see too many people saying, oh, well, when you bring up kids, all better off. She brings up kids all the fucking time. All the time. Why ain't all bets off on Erica? Why y'all have so many excuses for the disrespect of your own kind? If nobody has ever called me a monkey. And this is why colorism is a problem. Because I'm light-skinned. No one has ever described me as a monkey. Monkey is literally a racial slur for darker-skinned people darker skinned they don't call white people monkeys god knows they ain't got no lips like monkeys god knows they got the same face shape as monkeys but they don't call them that you know why because they called us that there's history behind these words and it's too many dark skinned women i saw that's like oh defending this shit how you defending something that's an attack against you that's not an attack against me it's against you Nobody in their life ever called me a monkey because I'm light-skinned. And that's the bullshit. That's where colorism comes into play. It's not for me. It's not for light-skinned girls. It's not for it's not for white women. It's not for Hispanic women. It's not for Asian women. It's only for dark-skinned black women. That's it. And y'all are finding a way to go, oh, well, it's okay. Y'all are advocating for a person who uses that. So... I'm going to break down some something educational because maybe y'all didn't read. Maybe I don't know what's going on. I'm not calling y'all ignorant. I'm just saying it's always time and it's always more to learn. Right. And this is from at Evolve Teacher. Shout out to her. Simeonization. This term refers to the disparaging comparison of a member of a racial group to a monkey or ape. Simeonization was used heavily in the media to create fear of black men by showing them as apes who were wild and beastly. Simeonization was perpetuated through movies, written media, and science. One of the largest problematic films to create this connection is familiar to you, and it served a very specific purpose. King Kong is about black people. It's about a black man terrorizing the state, terrorizing New York City. That's what a monk, that's what they see us as. The, the thing hanging off the Empire State Building. That's what they've been doing since slavery. 
They've been calling us monkeys for that same reason. And that's what y'all not understanding. Y'all don't get that, right? So, Charles Darwin, the one who talked about evolution and stuff, he has teachings about scientific racism. So, if you look up things like what was the teachings of Charles Darwin sparked some of the earliest forms of scientific racism. If you look up Charles Darwin and how he sees that he says humans evolved from, from monkeys also look up what he thinks black people are evolved from and why look that up. I want y'all to do that homework, look that up and you'll see why being called a monkey is something that should not happen in 2023 look that up and my thing is of all things you could have called that you called it that but the first thing erica goes is mind you she's not even really apologetic about it she's mad because she lost her job about it but let's be very clear you're raising two black children she has this tan that makes me look like i am a white woman i know i'm lighter in color but the tan, I've never seen Erica Mena that fucking dark. She has tanned herself to the complexion of a brown-skinned woman since this whole shit has happened. I promise you, she has never been that brown in her life. That bitch is almondy. You could call her Almond Joy, okay? She go And she's like, oh, well, I'm on vacation. I'm not stressing this. She does the Carlos interview. And shout out to Carlos because he does ask the questions. What do you say to the black women who are offended by your comment? And it's like Latin girls want our rhythm, and they, but they don't want our blues. And they get to have black children, but they say things about us. And then she goes, but what about the thing where it's like, oh, Latin women take all our men. It's like we're very divisive. Who the fuck is we? Who's we? divisive what, what part of we are you want right because he asked you a question what about that and here goes something i'm still learning i'm still this she says how she's been around black people her entire life her cousin married somebody black her best friend is black i hate that oh i got a white i got a black friend shit i hate that trope but she said all of that so you have all this blackness within your family right your cousin's married black your best friend's black but you did not know not to say monkey. That was the first thing to fly out your mouth. You didn't know not to say that, but you're, you're around black people so much and you're, you're just as black as anybody else. She told Yandy, I'm just as black as you. When Yandy said, you know what you said was wrong, right? I got a sister that's Dominican. I got this. I'm, I'm just as black as you are. No, you're not. You don't get to cosplay black women and then try to cosplay our pain and plight. You don't. Because when y'all get called, and I have nothing against Latinas. I don't. I truly, Again, I'm from the Bronx. I have nothing against Latinas. But let's be very clear. When they call y'all crazy, it's sexy. And that's not y'all fault. That's what these niggas do. When they call y'all crazy, it's sexy. But when we crazy, we are nuts. We're insane. We're hard. We're unapproachable. We you, we can't be talked to. 
all kinds of things. We're un we're unwanted when we're quote unquote crazy. When y'all crazy, it's the sexiest thing in the world. Your plight is not the same as our plight. It never has been, and never will be. So my thing is, for her to try to flip it, that wasn't the question. The question was, what do you say to black women who see you have children and have sex with black men constantly on television? But then when a black woman gets upset with you and when you get upset with a black woman, a racial slur drops out your mouth. So my thing is, why does colorism get such an excuse? Why is colorism always excused from these conversations, right? But racism, everybody's ready to fight for. And my thing is, racism is terrible. I totally agree with that, without beyond a shadow of a doubt. But let's be very clear that colorism is not okay either. And it's when you pick and choose who can say what and when can when they can say it or who can say it because you like them or you don't like them. No, this is why everybody fucks with us. This is why when Kanye said something about Jewish people, he got immediately canceled. This is why. Because they, they join together and be like, nah, you ain't supposed to say that shit about us. You don't. Us, we let everything slide to the point that down niggas is figure skating on our emotions. They cha-cha sliding on our feelings because none of us is going to join together be on some now. What she said was dead wrong. She was whack for that. And for her, for the first thing her to, for her to say is a racial slur is crazy. Y'all over here justifying that shit. Justifying it when it seems to be fucking true that her kid don't like her. But y'all justifying it because, oh, somebody said that to me about my kid. Well, if somebody calls you a monkey, what you going to do? And then somebody said, oh, well, they be calling Bambi a giraffe, right? The difference between giraffes and monkeys, like I said, simianization. Should you call anybody an animal? I don't know, because I know I know people that look like rodents. I know people that look like red-nosed pit bulls. I know people that look like things. But a giraffe is not an animal that you can directly associate with one group of people. You can call Paris Hilton a giraffe. You can call Bambi a giraffe. I thought Bambi was more of a deer, being that her name is Bambi, but that's fine. I think they're in the same family. You can call a myriad of women or men giraffes and call Jay-Z a camel his entire career. But none of that is directly associated with one class and one group of people. And that's for dark-skinned people, which is what makes being called a monkey very wrong. Because it perpetuates a racist connotation for black people. And the fact that y'all don't understand that is why we're constantly disrespected. We're constantly ridiculed. We're still being called these names because y'all don't even understand that the 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 history behind them. Y'all don't understand how many people was called monkeys before they were started hanging from trees. Y'all have no man. have no idea how many people was called monkeys before crosses were burned on their lawns. You have no idea where these words come from. And you think words are just words. But no, these words have historical meaning. And the history behind these words is to keep us down every chance 
they get. So when we let somebody else use that word, it's not like, oh, it's, it's lost its power. Nah, nah, it hasn't. You can't say that. You're not supposed to say that. She And if she's from the Bronx and she's from New York and she has all these black people around her, she knows good and damn well she wasn't supposed to say that. And her exact words were, I knew I fucked up the minute I said it. No, you didn't because you said it a couple times. You said it a couple times. So you know you didn't fuck up. You didn't realize that the network was going to take heed to everybody saying, yo, that's the racist shit she just said. And then the network had to act accordingly. They did. So you kept working. You didn't think nothing was bad because nobody said that to you. Nobody approached you. And when it came out, you got fired. You wasn't expecting that. And maybe you weren't. But you knew, if you knew what you said was wrong when you said it, why the surprise that you got let go? Why? At the end of the day, Having sex with black men, marrying black women, having black children does not make you black. And it also shows how much about black people and black culture that you still don't know. And that you still shouldn't say since you don't know. The weekly hustle comes from Dr. Yosef Ben Jochanan, and it says, Dipped in chocolate, bronze in elegance, enameled with grace, toasted with beauty. My Lord, she's a black woman. This has been According to Fox. Have a good week.